So overwhelming strike vote for QP members. We got to get to the bottom of how we turn the temperature down and how a deal gets done between the provincial government and these unions. And QP, it begins and ends with them. Uh, Lowest paid. Not all are full-time workers for QP, not by a long shot. 70% are women, as documented by Laura Walton. I want you to hear the QP president's thoughts on the strike vote. We get into some of the parameters of what could happen next. And again, this needs a whole flushing of some of the the bad things in the relationship right now. It's We overuse the word toxic, but it may actually fit the case here. Laura Walton on Toronto Today. So two days from now, QP and the education minister will get back to negotiating uh, a new contract, a new collective bargaining agreement. We'll talk to Laura Walden in just a second. I want you to hear Stephen Lecce, the education minister on John Oakley's show yesterday. We have offered over 8.4% over four years. We are maintaining the most generous pension and benefits, 131 sick days that are paid. Is there one individual listening today? that is eligible for a nearly 50% hike in compensation over the coming three years. Okay. Now listen, yesterday, Stephen Lecce put out a tweet. 100% of parents want their children in class. We will stand up to ensure all kids learn in class without disruption right to June because it's about the kids, right? Two question marks at the end. Three means different than two. Two means different than one. I've, I've written tweets with lots of question marks before and greatly regretted many of them. That's a bad tweet. That's a, that's a provocational tweet. And I've defended... The idea that people have gone after him, some education workers have, some members of the general public have, some, some, uh, you know, I, so I don't care if it's Karen Littlewood, I don't care if it was uh, Harvey a couple years ago, Harvey Bischoff, like that's that's inflammatory. We have to get a deal done here. I want to bring on Laura Walden, who's the QP president, uh, to join me right now. It's great to have you on. Thanks for making the time for our show. Thanks for having me, Greg. When you hear that tweet, how do you react to it? Um, oh, insert eye roll here. Um, I mean, really, it is. It, you're right. You're bang on. You know, it was just like a poke. And, and you wonder why education workers feel disrespected. I think that's what it is. And, you know, I, I will remind the minister that 40, over 45,000 people participated in our vote. That's t- almost twice that voted for him. And these folks are parents. These folks are fighting to get food on the tables in their own homes, to put clothing on the backs. And they are working in jobs where they put students first every single day. How many of the 55,000 school support staff are full-time and how many are part-time? I think that's an important distinction to make Uh, if we're going to utilize an average salary. Yeah, so the majority are full-time, but this is where it gets, you know, troublesome. How many, though? What's the majority? I don't have the number in front of me, to be honest with you. I can tell you that uh, the majority, 60%, approximately 60% are 10-month workers, okay. uh, meaning that they have no choice but to be laid off in the summer, right? There is no work for them. Um, and many of them are underemployed. They want to work more hours. In fact, they work unpaid hours um, trying to get the work done because there's not adequate hours for them to do their work. They want to work more. There just isn't enough funding for them to work more. 
I've asked you this before. Do you now, like a couple months ago, I think we chatted and I said, why can't we be negotiating these deals in the summer? Why can't these deals expire in May or June (laughs) so we aren't so stressed uh, Labor Day weekend and parents aren't? And and listen, I don't doubt it makes your job harder. I'd also make the case it makes the education minister's job harder because we've had a very normal beginning to the school year. So why can't we do this in the summer? You know what? That's exactly what we said, Greg. We were the very first group to put in a notice of bargaining on June 3rd. They delayed, delayed, delayed. They gave us about about eight dates over the summer. We gave full availability. We wanted to get a deal done by September. We wanted that kind of stability. We also wanted to ensure that people could, you know, afford to live in 7% inflation when you've already lost 11% of your purchasing power. We also wanted to get those services into those kids. We wanted to make sure there was an ECE in every kindergarten room. We wanted to make sure there was adequate EA supports, adequate custodial supports. Instead, there was just delay and drag on. And, and, you know, we said many a times, this is a deal that could have been done over the, you know, 60 days in the summer, over the 90 days since we noticed a bargain. We're now 120 days and we're still not any closer. Laura Walton's our guest, uh, QP president on Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. I I caught only part of the clip, so I hope you can clarify for it. Um, and I, I, I heard it in a newscast on our station. You mentioned, I think you used the word proud. Were you proud of the turnout um, in terms of, of people voting or were you proud of the voting result? I think it's an important distinction to make. So clarify what, what the quote was. Beyond proud of the turnout. Okay. Um, 82.6%. Um, I believe the province, the province average for voting last time was 44%. So imagine 86% of people using their democratic rights to say enough is enough. I, I don't know any anyone who wouldn't be proud of those numbers. Would you have, but were you proud of the result or would you have been equally proud if... 52% had voted in favor of a strike, 58%. Do you think there was any pressure for union representatives to vote in favor of a strike? No, I actually think what you saw are the workers speaking. I think what we see are a group of people who have been on site throughout the pandemic, who are the lowest paid in the sector, who majority work multiple jobs to make ends meet, finally saying enough is enough is enough. Uh, we have never been on strike. We have never been on strike in my entire 20-year career. We have never been on strike. Um, And, you know, this is a group of people who I think, you know, the minister often tells us to be reasonable. And I think these are people who've been reasonable. We have been reasonable for decades. But we don't find the minister in this government asking other workers to be reasonable um, when they're making demands, such as, you know, the construction industry in the spring. Why is it that we're asking a predominantly female group to be reasonable? Um, and I think, you know, what's reasonable is, is, is to actually ensure that people who are caring for our children are paid well and that school boards who are the employers are able to retain and recruit. That's reasonable. What, what's, right now, school boards can't. What's the male-female breakdown of your union? We're about 70-30 uh, women to men. Yeah, I would have guessed 60-40. So 70-30 is higher than I would have thought based on, especially based on the ECE's uh, receptionists. Uh, I, would have, I would have said that, you know, demographically. Um, is it, does it end up being a, a failure on both sides if we get to the point where it's a strike? Would you look yourself in the mirror and say, 
I, I didn't I didn't get my your job and it's a it's a important job. We're talking to you about it is to make sure that there isn't a labor dispute to get the most you can for your union and make sure no work days are interrupted because then everybody loses. Is it a failure on both sides if we can't turn the temperature down and get a deal done? I think it's a bigger failure on everyone's side if we don't see real investments in services and if we don't see real wage gains for workers. That's what's going to be a disappointment because these workers are not going to be there for our kids and we need them there. Never mind the strike. There is more disruption that is happening right now because of a failure to pay these people properly, because of a failure to fund properly. There is more disruption in our schools right now than any strike. And that's what this minister seems to forget. He is so determined to keep focused on this. Everything's normal. Everything is not normal. When we have school boards that are advertising for unqualified staff to work with your kids, that's not normal. And the reason they're, they're advertising for unqualified is because the people with the qualifications aren't coming to do the work for the wage that they will earn. I have 45 seconds. Can I make the case that there won't be the public support for a strike with your union that there would have been three years ago? There would have been more support three years ago coming off an election in which the government said, hey, you know, we're going to cut a couple things. and We're letting you know in advance we're going to make cuts to education and we're going to make cuts to health care. I think the public would have been more behind you three years ago than they may be if this gets to this point. Do you agree with that? No, I don't, because I think the public is understanding that it wasn't education workers that kept our kids out of school for two years. It wasn't education workers that have had a surplus, ran a surplus in the education budget during a pandemic. It wasn't education workers that have had multiple weeks away from the job. We have been on site all the way along. And as long as kids need us, we will be there. The public knows that. I don't think the minister can say the same. I would make the case, not in your union, but I do think there were teacher union leaders who uh, made the case that schools were less safe than they actually turned out to be in retrospect. I do believe that. And I understand where you're coming from. And, and, you know, those are positions that those folks took. Our workers were on the site every single day. I agree. Yeah. And that was very important to us. We understood that. As long as the children needed us, they would be there. You're, no, your workers are often the first ones in and the last to leave. That sounds like a cliche, but it's the actual actual fact of it. Hey, I wish you good luck two days from now uh, looking to get to, uh, to a deal, and let's keep having these conversations. Talk then. Bye-bye. Laura Walton, QP president, joining us on Toronto Today.